Would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God tonight? We're going to begin reading in verse 5. We'll read on through verse 9. If you are able, I'm going to ask that you stand. I'll begin reading in verse 5. We'll read on through verse 9. The Bible says in verse 5 of chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians, he said, For neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her child. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto you, Unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. You may be seated. I love these passages, and I love the book of First and Second Thessalonians. Just, uh, just very, very powerful uh, messages here from Paul. And uh, as I went through, I was on vacation again, and I was writing these messages. And so the one you heard this morning, God laid upon my heart to bring that to the church, just to encourage you. While I was away, too, I began to think about the labor that we're putting into the gospel and laboring for the gospel, if you will. And uh, I, I had on my heart just some things, and I'm, I'm grateful to the Dukes. I really am, folks. You have no idea how encouraged I am by this young man and what God has called him to do in the ministry that he's called him to. And so I see and have a very strong appreciation because my very first church was a pretty much a restart. <laughs> and uh, 27 people voted me in and six stayed. And uh, we built a work from there, and Brother James McGowan now has that work down in Colonial Beach. But I remember days and days and days of just pounding and beating on doors by myself. And it's nice to go out with somebody, isn't it, Brother Duke? <laughs> it's nice to go knock on doors with someone walking by your side, and, uh, and there's some encouragement there. Well, when I look at this, Paul was talking about going in among these people, and this is an amazing set of passages and it's an example of what I think is taking place right now here at Calvary Chapel Baptist Church. <laughs> and as we're going out and sharing the gospel, we are witnessing these words in action in our church. And I believe God brought this young man and his family to us on purpose. Uh, it was Brother Dwight Smith who introduced us. And Brother Duke came up and preached for us once. And I began to share with him my burden. But God had already laid this burden on his heart. <laughs> And I said, you know, I'm really burdened. I'd like to have someone come and just stay with me for about three months. And just every day we go door knocking. He goes, funny you should say that. <laughs> I said, why is that funny? He said, that's exactly what I believe God's called me to do. Is to go into a church and help him and just go door knocking with him every day. Almost every day since he's been here, he has not missed a beat. He's been out and knocking on doors. Now, he's been hindered by weather at times and some other issues have come up. But, but simply almost every day he's been out knocking on doors. And the ministry that the Lord has chosen for him, it has come to uh, the local New Testament church, and it starts with an outreach program, and he wants to help encourage and revitalize, or what we could call revive, or even revive existing churches to get them going again and get them excited about sharing the gospel. So what I know about him and what I knew about him, and I went down to meet him down in the Carolinas. We met in the airport and had lunch together and sat and spoke to one another, had some coffee. He doesn't drink coffee. He drank Coke, I think, or something like that. But Brother Duke holds a job, and he's able to come in amongst these people here and labor for the gospel's sake. And he said to me, he doesn't really want to be chargeable to us for anything, but they still have needs as a family. <laughs> and so needs are still there, and so they have them. 
And I got to thinking about that. The people of Thessalonica saw the value in the labor that Paul was doing, and the value was selfless. And he carried the gospel to these folks, and he brought it out, and he brought them something that had eternal value. I keep thinking of all the souls that have come to Christ since uh, Brother Duke and I uh, have been going out and, 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 and you folks getting involved and all the souls that are getting saved, you know, that's laid to our account. <laughs> I'm excited about it, brother. I'm excited about all these souls that are coming to Christ Jesus. I think about the fact that we went out one day and this young man sitting over here, Jeremy Vining, sitting right over here, we'd have never met him. Had we not talked, we were ready to leave, Jeremy. And I said to Brother Duke, I said, hey, I said, let's go down this other street. He said, well, I was thinking, and I said, he said, no, let's just go do it. And we came down, and there you were. And I don't think we met by accident. I think God caused us to meet on purpose. And when I look at things, and I see it in the scriptures, I look at this, our challenge is to dig in our heels and, 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 and get to working together while God has given us such a friend and a family as the Dukes to come and labor with us to reach the lost. And listen, folks. This, my church family, is more effective and more valuable than just having an evangelist come in and preach for a few days. Now, I, I, I appreciate it, and I think we need it, and I think we need that charge, but I think what this young man's doing as an evangelist far outweighs just having a man come and preach to us for about three or four days. How many of you would agree with that? <laughs> now, I like getting charged up, amen? I like when people come in and charge up my spiritual batteries, but somehow or another it just kind of wanes after a while, and here's what I don't want to have happen when Brother Duke leaves. He'll be partying in November. <laughs> and when he goes, I don't want it to end. I want this to ignite us. And I know he wants the same. When I was reading what Paul said here, he said, For neither at any time use we flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is our witness, nor sought we uh, glory, uh, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. Brother Duke has not burdened me not one moment since he's been here. The only thing he's done is ask me, can I help you, Pastor? It's amazing. It's wonderful. And when I look at this, my church family, I see an evangelist come into town sometimes for just a few days and bring a few messages and it recharges us. But I'm saying this model that he's setting up is based upon what I think Paul was doing with these churches. He's coming back in and he would come back around and encourage them. How many of you would like to have him come back and just preach to us for about three or four days, amen? After he goes home, I want him to come back. <laughs> We've made a friend, amen? And he ain't getting rid of us now. <laughs> and I got to thinking about the ministry of the Duke family as a biblically-based model of what Paul the Evangelist did at Thessalonica. And here's what we talk about. He comes in, we pray together, uh, uh, we try to go out as often as we can together. Uh, we're always going and making visits, and, and he'll go make visits. He and Emily and his children will go make visits. His daughters will go with him. Uh, my wife will go with me. We'll go out. We'll go make these visits. And here's the thing that we keep talking about is what it says in verse 8 at the bottom. Because ye were dear unto us. Notice what he said, but also our own souls. He said, we wanted to get this gospel message. We want to impart this to these people. We want them to know this truth. <laughs> And so I challenge us to think this way. When we think about this area and we think about the souls that are all around us, are they dear unto us? You see, God planted Calvary Chapel here. He's given us a harvest out here. And the thing of it is, is these souls ought to be dear unto us. We ought to have a burden when we go and we talk to these folks and just really want to get out there. So I challenge us, let us labor together and continue what God has used the dukes to stir up in us again. And we need to reach the lost with the gospel 
I think there's a set of standards here, though, that I want to look at. And Paul kind of sets them forth. Here's one of the things. Avoid flattering words. You ought to underline that in your Bible. He says this, for neither at any time used we what? Flattering words. They weren't out there trying to flatter people. And now, brother, as many times I went out with you, I don't think either you nor I have tried to flatter people with our words. We've tried to give them the gospel. We want them to know Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen? So we don't use those flattering words. And I went to lunch with Jeremy the other day. Had I used flattering words with you, Jeremy, or did I tell you, I want to know whether you were saved and going to heaven or not, didn't I? We sat right there, and I wanted to know, are you going to die and go to hell, Jeremy, or are you going to die and go to heaven? He said, no, I'm going to heaven. I said, how do you know? See, I didn't let him off the hook just because he said it. I wanted to find out whether he knew for sure if Christ was his Savior or not. You see, if you want to flatter people, you can just kind of massage them as much as you want, and they can tell you anything that you want to hear, but what you need to hear is that Jesus Christ saved my soul from an eternal hell. Amen? We're not there to give them flattering words. And so remember that there is something here, and he sets forth a standard. He said, avoid the flattering words, and then he says this. He said in verse 7, but we were gentle. I want you to underline that in your Bible. We were gentle. Now, I wasn't mean to Jeremy, but I was gentle, but I was straightforward. Would you agree? And then secondly, he says, not only were we gentle, but he says in verse 8, so being affectionately desirous of you. (laughs) Gentleness and affection. That's some wonderful words to think about, isn't it? So when you go out, uh, we're not out there to to be mean and and discouraging to people. We're out there to be gentle and affectionate uh, and desirous to see them come to Christ. We're not there to flatter them, but we're there to tell them the truth. But we want to do it in such a way that we're not mean and nasty, but gentle and affectionate. And then lastly this, I see in this something interesting at the bottom here in verse 9. He said, for ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for we labor for laboring night and day. Laboring night and day. There was some consistent work going on. Now, Paul's talking about physically taking on a job, and Brother Duke has a job. He works, and he's only getting like nine, ten hours a week sometimes. But the thing of it is, is that what I'm sharing with you is, is he's laboring consistently elsewhere, and that is in the gospel he's laboring. Laboring to get the gospel out to folks. I just look back on how many of those tracks and door hangers that I bought before he got here, and I'm seeing that stack going. <laughs> That's a good thing, isn't it? It's making it to the doors. So as I challenge you tonight, I want you to think about this. I'm going to go out, I'm going to share the gospel with people, but the thing of it is, is we need to avoid flattering words. The gospel message is not just about using complimentary words on an individual to get something from them or to just get them to come to our church, but it's the message of Christ and salvation in Him alone. That's really what it is. So Paul said, listen, I'm not going to come and try to flatter you with words. I'm going to tell you the truth of the gospel. Now, we don't have to be mean. We can be kind about it. This is not about stating enough favorable words to get someone to come, to get them into the church, but this is about souls hanging in the balance. This is about there's a time in a person's life, and, and we only have so much time on this earth, and How many of you saw me when I did the illustration where we lined up here in the auditorium and I told you every one of us are in this line, are we not? Every one of us are in this line and we don't know when our turn is coming and we don't get to trade places with people. I don't get to move to the back of the line and I don't get to move to the front of the line and I don't get to move out of line. The fact is, is we're all in line and one day he's going to call us, isn't he? And here's the idea. Every person that we come across 
Every person that we come across is in that line. And they are either saved or they are unsaved. <laughs> and the goal that we should have is not try to flatter them or just try to get them to come to church. The goal is, is to share the gospel with them that they might trust Christ as Savior. Now Paul pointed out that these people knew that they were not uh, there to commend, admire, or simply just fawn over them, but they arrived with a purpose. And boy, I'll tell you, when I go door knocking with him, we go out, we go out with a purpose. When I got the call from Sam Baker down in Troy, he said, hey, got a lady up in the hospital. As we were driving up there, I told him, I said, man, I can't get it out of my head. I haven't talked to anybody about the Lord Jesus Christ today. He said, we need to talk to somebody about Jesus, amen? And every time you have opportunity to talk about Jesus to someone, you never know when that door is going to open and you can give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't try to flatter them. Don't tell them, well, if you just knew the programs that we have here or, or, or the music that we're singing or the things that we're doing, it's not about that, folks. Listen to me. It is about Jesus Christ. And listen, they need him. Amen. They need him. <laughs> they don't even know that they need him at times. So this was not some kind of cover-up. It wasn't some sort of pretense or just some sort of outward showing or extortion or anything like that. It wasn't fraud. He said, God is witness. <laughs> we're here to win people to Christ. That's why Calvary Chapel Baptist Church was planted here some 50 years ago. That's why it's here. It is here to win the lost to Christ. Amen? And do everything you can to help them fulfill what the rest of the Scriptures teach. So when I look at this, neither is this a plan so that they, he may receive the accolades of men. He said in 2 Corinthians 2.17, For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. We're out to speak about Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is what saves soul. Let me tell you something. There's not a single solitary song that's going to save a soul. It is the Jesus that helped write those songs behind men that will bring a soul to Christ. It is just that we need to get it in our mind that we're not doing these programs so that we might have a lot of people show up to church. We do these programs that we might reach out to people, just as Kathy said just a few minutes ago. The whole goal of this is to bring people in so that we might get the gospel to them. That's why we're doing the Harvest Festival. Now, I love the chili cook-off, and Carrie, it better be good this year. I got a new recipe, sister. Yeah. But here it is. The fact is, is that why we want to bring the people in is so we can share the truth of the gospel with them. Amen? Now get a hold of this. Paul didn't come unto them to weigh them down with his needs. And as an apostle, there was needs to be met so that this message could be brought to them, to others. And they wanted to go unto them. They didn't want to be a burden unto Thessalonica. And I'll give you some verses. I'm not going to turn there tonight. But you go read these. Paul committed over and over again. We didn't come to be a burden to you. He tells us in Acts 20, verses 30 through 33, you go read that. Paul said, we're not here to be a burden unto you. We're here to help you. And then he told us in 2 Corinthians 11, 8 through 13, the same idea. We find a principle to be followed as we witness to others, and it includes avoiding flattering words. This is not just for the preacher or the evangelist. Listen, this is for every one of you sitting here. When you go talk to someone, talk to them about Jesus. Don't just try to flatter them. Hey, we are who we are, amen? I use the King James Bible. How about you? Amen? I like conservative music, and we sing it. <laughs> and who are we? We believe in the Scriptures, and we teach and preach the Bible. Nothing wrong with any of those things. 
And that's what you want to communicate to these people, that this is the truth of it all. Now, our goal is to labor in the gospel and to be sincere, not trying to entice others to come to church, but influencing them to come to church by Jesus Christ. That's what you want to do. Now, the souls of this area, well, I believe they need to be dear unto us. Amen? Paul was saying, listen, we're not coming unto you with flattering words. We're coming unto you because you're dear unto us. And here's the idea. This is why we take them the gospel of God. Let me give you another thought here. Be sincere. Be sincere in your care for others. Do you know when someone's being sincere with you or not? Can you tell? Can you really tell when someone's really being sincere or when they're just going through the motions? Amen? It's like when my wife comes in and she wants to talk about school and I'm sitting there watching the Steelers and the Chargers play. And she wants to talk to me about school and, and she's talking about it and I'm nodding. And guess what she knows? You're not sincere in listening to me, are you? Right? She can tell when you're not sincere. Listen, people can tell when you're just not sincere, when you're not really being a sincere person. And so when I look at this, he said, he said listen, uh, we, we didn't come here to be a burden to you, but in verse 7 he said, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherishes her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls because you were dear unto us, showing gentleness and affection toward people. People know when you're sincere, and they also know when you're just trying to get them to do something for your own sake. I'm sorry, they just know it. They know it. They know when you're just trying to get them to do it for your own sake. You know, as a church family, we need to be sincerely praying for the list of names that has been brought to us and sincerely seek these people out. You know what? When, when a Paul walks through the door or when a Jeremy walks through the door or when these folks walk through the door and we don't know that face, we ought to reach out to those folks. <laughs> we ought to gravitate toward them so quickly and just say, hey, listen, we're glad you're here. We ought to do everything we can to make them feel welcome. Amen? Miss Vicki just went on vacation, and she said when she went on vacation, one of the things that bothered her the most is the church that she went to, and it was a, a fairly large work, but she said we just weren't greeted. How do you feel when you walk into a place and you're greeted? You feel a little bit different about it, don't you? You feel, man, I feel welcome there. And we ought to have every person that walks through the door feel welcome at the church, always. That should always be in our mind as part of this body. Now, as a church family, we need to be sincere. It's evident that if we're going to reach this community and the surrounding areas, it comes by way of showing others in this area that we care about them, that we care about our community as well. And I do. How many of you care about our Minster Police Department? Amen? Do you care about those folks? Do you know their names and are you praying for them? Do you know the mayor of our community? Do you know his name and are you praying for him? Do you know business people in the community here and are you praying for those business people? Do you know them by name? You be quiet, Miss Helmlinger. <laughs> She's related to the mayor. And here's the thing. Just reaching out to people, letting them know that you care. Being sincere and talking to them. Finding out who they are and taking opportunity maybe to share the gospel with them. Being able to reach people with the gospel is just not me standing up here preaching or us preaching from inside these walls out. We have to go outside these walls and talk to people. <laughs> Communicate with them. Interact with them. Go out amongst them. Make an investment in other people's lives. Not just trying to get them through the door, folks. That's not the goal. The goal is not just to try to get them through the door. The goal is, is to really reach out to them. Now listen, sometimes we have to go out among them and you say, yeah, we've got to be careful. And I agree. 
But the effort includes investment of going out among them sometimes. And Jesus did that, did he not? According to the scriptures, Jesus went out among them. Now, he took a bunch of slack from, or smack from people because of what he did. And the Bible says this, the Son of Man came eating and drinking. And they say, behold, a man gluttonous. Who are they talking about? This glutton and a wine-bibber and a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. In Matthew 21, 32, he said, For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him. And ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe him. <laughs> now here's the thing. He went out amongst them. John went out amongst them. So they didn't listen to John, and they didn't listen to Jesus. <laughs> But the thing of it is, is both of them went out amongst them, didn't they? To bring what? The message of the gospel. And to go out amongst them. Now, the purpose for having the dudes with us is to stir up our hearts with the gospel, encouraging us to go back out into the highways and hedges, compelling them to come in. I know when you hear that, you think bus ministry all the time. It's not just the bus ministry, folks. We need to go into the highways and hedges and compel adults to come to church. Families. Grown-ups. Adults. People, by the way, if you reach the dad, it's more than likely that you're going to reach the mom and the kids. I promise you that. You reach the dad, you're going to reach the rest of the family most of the time. And the thing of it is, is that that's what we have to do. We're not just trying to just do one thing. We have to do the whole thing, amen? And my goal with Kathy and with Vicki and then going out and getting the kids is not just so we can have a lot of kids, but if we can get to those children and get into those homes to reach the moms and the dads, <laughs> That's what really has to happen, isn't it? Amen. And boy, wouldn't you like to have some of them come off your bus, Kathy, and start coming to church with mom and dad? Wouldn't that be nice? And now they're showing up to church with mom and dad. Wouldn't that be nice, Vicki? And then, you know what that does? That puts more work on their back because then they've got to go find more kids to ride the bus. <laughs> and the thing of it is, is that's why we're doing what we're doing. And so we want to go out and we want to reach these folks. Now, we want to be sincere with these people. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. And that's what we want to do. We want to go out and to compel means to really kind of encourage people. Go after them. Tell them. When I was with Jeremy uh, the other day, I said, look, I'd like to see you in every service. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. <laughs> And I'd like to see him in every service, but all these people that we're reaching out to, I'd like to see him in every service. How about you? Now, not because pastor wants to see numbers, but because I want to see people get engaged with who Jesus Christ is. Who is he? And we want to bring them to that place. Now, here's the thing. Also to disciple those that don the doors, investing ourselves into their lives, nurturing them as a mother would nurture a newborn. He says, look, in this passage, he said, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherishes her children. Hey, when new folks come through the door, I want to help them with where they are. And what I'm asking you to do as more mature Christians is help me help them. Help me help them. Help me reach out to them. Help me take them from where they are to the next level in their Christian life. So if they're saved, then they need to get baptized. If they're saved and baptized, we want to teach them the Word of God. The reason I started the newcomers class is so that these folks can ask me questions. And I'm going to tell you something. It's the most exciting thing to be in that class. I love it. I love having those people in there. And it is so exciting because they're asking me questions about God's word. <laughs> Man, I'm fired up by the time I get out of there. 
And the thing of it is, is I love teaching people about Christ. And listen, what does that take? Investing ourselves, not just while we're here at the church, but sometimes you have to go out and visit them. Sometimes you have to go meet with them. Sometimes you have to go talk to them. Jack called me yesterday. Brother Craiger, my heart was breaking. He went into the hospital yesterday. He thought he was having a heart attack yesterday. I was with another situation already, and he texted me, and he says, hey, I just want to let you know, I don't want to tell my mom or my brother because Eugene's dying of cancer. How many of you know that? His brother's dying of cancer. His mom's now got bronchitis, and he's in the hospital. And he said, Pastor, would you pray for me? I was getting ready to go over there, and by the time I was heading that way, he said, hey, listen, they already treated and released me. He was glad about what it was and that it wasn't a heart attack, amen? <laughs> and the thing of it is, we never know what somebody's going through. But boy, how we just need to reach out to people. We don't know the heartaches that they're dealing with. But it takes a lot of work to invest ourselves in the lives of others. As a mother would nurture her newborn, this is a gentle process. This is like the love a mother has for her newborn. This is Paul showing and bearing that pastoral heart out to these people. This is not about becoming them, but about going unto them with the message of the gospel and then helping them where they are. Think about when Paul was over in Corinth and he made this statement. Listen to him. He said in 1 Corinthians 9, 22 and 23, to the weak became I as weak. I became weak. That I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be a partaker thereof with you. He said, I do this for the gospel's sake. So I want to talk about, I want to talk to people about anything they want to talk about. But eventually, guess what we need to talk about? We need to talk about Jesus, don't we? <laughs> we need to talk about Jesus. You can talk about anything you want. And, and, and Brother Duke's been out with me now. You can talk to me about anything you want to. I'll have a conversation with you. If you want to talk about being a honey dipper, I'll talk to you about being a honey dipper. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You go out and suck the stuff out of the old outhouses, amen? <laughs> if you want to talk about that, we'll talk about that for a little while. My daddy did that for a living for a time. But then eventually we're going to talk about Jesus. Because we've got to talk about him. Because what they believe about Jesus is the difference between heaven and hell, isn't it? What they believe about Jesus is the difference between heaven and hell for them. And so what we want to do is we want to get that gospel message to them. We want to help them with this. Now, we want to do this in sincerity. We want to do it in love. And it says, become all things to all people. One night I went on a visit, and Beanie Babies were really big at the time. How many of you remember Beanie Babies? Beanie Babies were the hottest thing ever. And I went to this lady's house, and she had more Beanie Babies than I knew what to do with. And she wanted to talk to me about Beanie Babies. And I thought, good night. We're going to be here all day. Because she was taking me around and telling me how one was this expensive and this one. And I thought, man, if we go to all 7,000 of these, I'm never getting out of here. But she wanted to tell me real expensive ones she had and real cheap ones she had and multiple ones she had. And you know what? I was listening to her all I could about Beanie Babies. And I thought, Lord Jesus, help me get to the gospel, amen? Because I'm done with the Beanie Babies. <laughs> and the thing of it is, is that we got to get them the gospel at some point. And you can talk about anything, but get to the gospel. Do it in sincerity. Do it in love. And when I look at this, this is more than just preaching about them. This is reaching out to them. Listen, we're going out. There's some messy lies out there, amen? 
There's some sin-sick lives out there. There's, there's some souls that are troubled. There's hearts that are broken. There's homes that are broken. There are times when I walk in, and it's sin-infested lives. It's terrible. The only thing that's going to fix it is Jesus. They need Jesus Christ. So we do it in love. And I look at this, moving a soul toward holiness and righteousness, away from those things. Paul went so far as to say they were willing to impart their own souls because of the sincere care that they had for those who needed Christ and needed to be discipled. The souls of this area need to be dear unto us. And if they're dear unto us, it's not just about getting them in the door. It's about after we get them in the door, that if they need baptized, let's get them baptized. But after that, let's help them grow in the gospel. Amen? Let's help them grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, the souls of this area should be dear unto us. And lastly, this. No matter our occupation, no matter our occupation, give out the gospel. Just give it out. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. I tell my boys all the time, what you do for a living is not as important as who you are as a person and what you are. I tell my boys all the time, what you are as a Christian first. Amen? What you do for a living is, is the least important, but what you are is the most important. And so if you're a Christian, regardless of what you do for a living, you ought to be a Christian with whatever you're doing. Amen? So whatever your job, whatever your occupation, you ought to share the gospel with people when you get opportunity. So the message here, no matter what our occupation, give out the gospel, laboring night and day. The message Paul brought here is that of the fact that he was willing to work another occupation to take care of himself and would labor elsewhere to preach the gospel. You know, this is an evangelistic effort by Paul. It was bringing forth to this area the ministry that the dukes have. He comes to the local New Testament church and says, listen, I have this part-time job, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to help you. But listen, we ought to help them as much as they're helping us. We ought to reach out to them. We ought to do everything we can to help them. How many of you have been helped by them? How many of you have been encouraged by them? Hey, maybe I'm the only one. Thank you, brother. But I'm going to tell you right now, Miss Emily, the other day, she took a bunch of documents that I've been trying to get fixed for some time now, and she sat down and started editing those for me, and I got a present for you. But the thing of it is, I'm telling you right now, that meant the world to me. It helps. Miss Kathy, you taking over this harvest festival, you have no idea. I was at the house, and you couldn't see me. I was doing the hallelujah dance when you said you were going to do that. I was like, yeah. I need help. And all I want to do is reach people with the gospel. And the thing of it is, is as we work together, stay unified. <laughs> Don't let ourselves get separated on little pity things. Let us draw together. Let us reach people with the gospel. When I look at this message here, he said, man, we labored, and, and we did this consistently. The need to encourage churches and church members and pastors and influence them for the gospel's sake. This is what they came for. Nothing for themselves, but for us. And Paul stated, we're not chargeable to, for bringing you the gospel, but we labored in our occupation so that we could accomplish the work of the gospel. I looked at 2 Corinthians 2, 15 through 19. He said, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. <laughs> I will very gladly be, uh, spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. <laughs> And he said, but be it so, I did not burden you, nevertheless being crafty. I caught you with the guile. Did I make a gain of you by any of them whom I sent unto you? And he lists the number of people that he sent, and he said, 
Uh, did Titus make a gain of you? Walk we not in the same spirit? Walk we not in the same sense? Again, think ye that we excuse ourselves unto you. We speak before God in Christ. But we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. It's for your sake. Now, as I share that with you, this should challenge all of us. And by the way, it's been a challenge to me since he's been here. And I want to share something with you. Not only getting the gospel message out, this should not end when he leaves. When our friends, the dukes, depart, it ought to ignite us. It ought to set us on fire. <laughs> that you've got somebody that rolled into town, didn't ask anything of us, and said, I want to help you win souls to Christ. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen? Now I look at this and I say to you, I see Paul doing this. I see your model, brother. I see it here. I want to encourage you. Go do it. Go do it. Man, there are churches all over this country that need someone like you to come in and be a help to them and a blessing. And you have been. You and your whole family. How many of you enjoyed the special this morning? <laughs> Amen? And, and, and I share with you with, uh, this with you, not to lift up the dukes, but to say, hey, I'm trying to encourage this young man. What he's doing is extremely vital to the local New Testament church. What he's doing is extremely vital to the local New Testament church. You know, he, he has difficult days too, by the way, and he's debating, is this what the Lord wants me and my family to do? And I just want to encourage him, do it! <laughs> God will take care of you. He'll take care of you. Because this is what God's called him to do. <laughs> and so, brother, as I was away, yeah, you were on my heart. I knew you were preaching here. I knew you were going out. I knew you were doing all those things to help me out so that I could get away for a little while. But I want to tell you something. Brother Duke has come, and he's energized me and encouraged me, and I believe he's energized some of you, encouraged you. And really what it is is it involved us with uh, spreading the gospel message. Hey, let me tell you something. He's going to start teaching a class on Wednesday nights. If you've never led anybody to the Lord or you don't know how, you ought to show up for this class. <laughs> you ought to show up for the class. And you say, well, I already know how to do it, but you know what? You can show up and be an encouragement not only to him, but encouragement to others, and you can go in and maybe pick up some tips from him. By the way, the young man's a good soul winner. <laughs> you can pick up some things from him, and you can learn some things from him. And let us as a church family labor together to reach the lost, teach the lost, and see this work build up, not for the praises of men, but for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't think you want anything more than that, do you? You'd love to see that, wouldn't you? And so the souls of this area, they need to be dear unto us. If they're dear unto us, we're going to reach out to them and bring them to the house of the Lord. I want you to pray for this family. Pray for what God's leading him to do. And those names that we have in our possession now, let's really pray over those names. Boy, I'm doing everything I can to try to talk to every one of them as often as I can. I'm getting texts from people, and I get confused about who I'm texting next. I just sent a text to someone the other day, and they said, I don't think this was for me. I think this was for your wife. It was smooches. <laughs> it really looked bad for me. It looked really bad for me. Are you sure this was for me, Pastor? <laughs> oh, no. And the thing of it is, is that we need to reach these people, don't we? Boy, let's have a burden on our hearts. Let's have a burden on our hearts. And